now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir? I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis. We are your crew navigating the latest aviation news and information here on Just Plane Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. It is September 11th, 20-year anniversary. It will swaying heavy on our minds as it is yours, I'm sure, as well. Uh, but uh, we are going to persevere, and we are going to go on with the show, despite the fact that this is uh, definitely weighing heavy. Um, you know, in the, in the environment today, you know, but uh, the way I look at uh, this kind of thing is that you you move on, you move forward, you reflect, you, you obviously it, it's hard to, I don't know, it's hard to process when you look at all that stuff. And it's it's pretty emotional on many levels for, you know, uh, you know, you can't even describe it in words. Right, Dennis, you're with me on this, right? Exactly. I mean, it, 9-11 changed a lot for mm-hmm. general aviation, it added a bunch of uh, complexity and rules, but that yet we, we persevered. We were able to get back into the air and continue on with, you know, with flying. We didn't get grounded permanently. And I think it's made uh, GA better in many ways. In ways it has, for sure. Uh, but, but, you know, I, I don't want to dwell on it because, you know, it just kind of has a tendency to bring things down a little bit. And the way I look at these, these kind of things, I don't want to let uh, terrorists win. And I've always had the philosophy, hey, I'm going to continue on and, and do my thing. And so the show must go on, and that's what we are going to do. All right, Dennis, you on board? I agree with that. Let's, let's go. All right. So um, on a more positive thing uh, to reflect on today, uh, Red Bull Races – for the aviation community, has uh, did something pretty cool, I think. I didn't see this. Is there a video of, the, of what they accomplished this last week or two? There is. The video's up on YouTube. And uh, uh, if you are a little bit squeamish and don't like confined places, don't watch the video. Because uh, picture one of the little Red Bull Air Race uh, uh, aerobatic airplanes flying through a highway tunnel hmm. at 120 knots. Now, that's pretty cool looking, I would think. But not just one tunnel. He went yeah. out of one tunnel and into another tunnel. So now you're you're flying through the tunnel. You got crosswinds as you're going in between them. You got to line up for the entry to the second tunnel yeah. and flying. You know, several miles of tunnel. That's just nuts. I mean, and there was you know maybe a foot or two to spare on either side of the wing. Wow. And not a lot of clearance on the ceiling because there's fans and things that hang down from those tunnels. Yeah. Yeah. And, so this was an it. obstacle in the race or just an exhibition of what they're capable of doing or what? It was an exhibition. Can okay. we do this? And so they, they flew the length of these two tunnels on a, on a freeway in Turkey. Hmm. And uh, it's this just insane. It's the, nuts. Uh, I don't especially know if there was room a- for the pilot and, you know, <laughs> uh, parts of the pilot i mean it took a real big set of them if you know what i'm saying well okay to be able I think to fly I, like that. i think i do uh but but i do wonder um you know i mean how does the you know the uh winds aloft and all that stuff get affected when you go in a tunnel like that i would imagine it'd be nuts wouldn't it wouldn't it change uh depending sure on how long did. the and, tunnel is 
And, and that was the problem inside yeah. the tunnel. You don't have, you know, really any crosswinds, right. you know, unless it was blowing through the tunnel, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But a lot of those big tunnels have interconnecting passageways between them with, and ventilation. So there could be, you know, weird air currents going between them. But then he flew out of one tunnel and into another. So he was out in the open air for maybe a quarter mile in between the two tunnel segments. Yeah. So now things are really squirrely and apparently he had to adjust. And obviously you don't want to be doing, you know, steep banks and whatnot because you don't have a very wide opening on a highway tunnel. Yeah. So it was very gentle controlling with the rudders to, to get himself lined back up and, and deal with a uh, crosswind in between them. Mm-hmm. Did he have a horn to beep? Uh, I, I wonder if- I, you know, that would have been really fun. You know, that train <laughs> horn that the guy had. Or at on least the, an air horn. Cessna. You know, that he had a portable air horn. He could just, you know. But the audio, um, if you do happen to watch the video, the, the sound of an aircraft engine at, you know, full tilt through a tunnel is still pretty impressive. I, I would imagine so. Uh, can you imagine if you were happened to be in the tunnel when this expedition was taking place? <laughs> like, oh, crap! Duck! <laughs> Yeah, that would have been uh, crazy stuff. But just yeah, Red Bull James Bond. Yeah. tunnel flight is probably yeah. it would pop up on YouTube, huh? It will. Okay. So that that is uh, impressive stuff. Yeah, you know, what they do with it, whether they make that part of their uh, you know obstacle course when they're doing their races, I think they should. You know, that would be pretty pretty wild. I think they might get a few protests from the cars, though, because well, uh, they did have to shut down the tunnels. They couldn't exactly go flying through with cars in there, so they did shut the freeway down for quite a while. Well, but, they can make one know, of those temporary, you know, like a uh, like a tent type tumble, t- uh, tunnel that they got to fly under. You know what I mean? Like yeah, like, like a it tube. It wouldn't be much different than their uh, uh, their towers that they had for the Red Bull Air Races, inflatable right. cones. Yeah. Yeah, like one of those little uh, box jungle gyms you see at Chick Chick Fil A, just big enough for an airplane. You know, that's what I'm saying. That kind yeah, of stuff. There you go, the bounce house. Yeah. Okay, we got to do that too. See, we they ought to hire us as consultants. We got all sorts of great ideas. Yeah, uh, they're they're smarter than that though. Uh, all right, so uh, moving on. Uh, that's one interesting little story. Another uh, one involves the FAA. And you know when it, we do stories about the FAA, they're always top-notch uh, genius ideas, uh, like the the people that come up with these exhibitions at Red Bull. Not. Well, this one's actually pretty interesting. Though. Well, it's uh, interesting, but I, I question uh, you know the thought process here, because they've been hammering uh, people about using their cell phones for years and commercial carriers. But now... The FAA wants to use, wants to use your cell phone that they've been telling us for years that we can't use. <laughs> they want to use it, but you can't use it. Do I have that right? Pretty close. Okay, see? <laughs> so they want to use it for what, Dennis? So one of the big concerns as our transportation navigation systems have evolved is that we're very dependent on GPS. And, you know, as the military proves with all their GPS testing, it doesn't take much to, you know, jam that signal because it's a relatively low powered signal coming from satellites. So uh, what can you do to guarantee that that signal isn't being uh, jammed or, uh, you know, inaccurate or whatever as you're mm-hmm. coming into land? Because, you know, obviously we, d- we want to not hit rocks and clouds when yeah, we're landing Yeah, we don't airplanes. want that. Well, the FAA has determined that there is a way to use the cell phones in the airplanes. If you don't have them in airplane mode, if they're actually receiving the cellular data, Mm -hmm. they can actually triangulate the position of the cell phones and 
Apparently, there's a way to do it either with an app or with uh, hardware in an airliner that they can verify the integrity of the GPS signal by comparing it to the positions of the cell phones in the back of the plane. Hmm. I don't know all of the crazy math that goes on in these rocket scientists' heads, but there is a way to do it, and it makes a lot of sense. Well, they want to use... Now you have an independent cross-check of the GPS signal integrity. All right, or just have uh, your cell phone as a backup to the main computer in the uh in the cockpit well, right well, greg you you and i have go and bring for flight in the airplane right. and follow along that's right? i you think know? they got the idea from us ga flyers you think i think so you've said yeah. for years that you always wanted to bring a yoke that you just clamp onto your seat tray and you could help mm, okay yeah you had flight that. simulator you're flying along right yeah. right but yeah you know i mean uh it, it's an interesting idea and if they can do it I, why not but are that does that mean that then we can use our cell phones in well, normal the mode? The FCC still says no. We're not allowed to make phone or video calls. That's against the rules, and, and I think that's good because we don't need people chatting. But away. we want to use your data. <laughs> hey, <laughs> somebody's you know, got to talk to somebody and work this out. Because if they say we can't use them on one side of the coin and then want to use them on another side of the coin. Yeah, I think I think we got a problem with that. Well, I think I can live with not making phone calls on them because we certainly are allowed to use the data on them now, at least when we're connected to like the in-flight Wi-Fi, because most of the entertainment and gate assignments and things like that are available right. know, to the two devices in the plane now. Mm-hmm. Okay, which- well, maybe there's a compromise there, but it is kind of ironic that they found like, hey, maybe, maybe we can use your cell phones, but uh, you don't need to. Or maybe we'll let you use them a little bit. We shop on Amazon and stuff like that, right? All right, more coming up. Stay close. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the aviation world? Well, look no further than Just Plane Radio. Just like you, thousands of aviation enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. 
go to JustPlainRadio.com. Send us an email and let us get to work to make your marketing message matter. with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I don't really need or want anything. I mean, my life is pretty chaotic. I have five kids, you know, and I have friends that love stuff. I have a friend who has a drawer of watches. I have another friend who has five cars. Whenever I'm with these people, I realize I'm just simple. All I need is a nice bed and a private jet. Yeah? (laughs) Now, I have the bed. All I need is the jet. And it could be a used jet. I'm not a snob, you know. I mean, I don't want a prop plane. I'm not trash. But I can see fly away. I can see the sun upon your face. I can feel your heart and I can hear you cry. A dirty bird like me. We are in the right place. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis, navigating the latest aviation news and information. Okay, so um, a few weeks ago, we had the folks on from FlightAware and, uh, you know, gave them a little publicity for the great work that they've been doing over the years. And uh, they updated us on some, you know, new projects that they're working on. Next thing you know, they got picked up by another company. Is that the case, Dennis? That's right. Uh, Collins Aviation, a division of Raytheon, um, has announced intentions to purchase FlightAware. Hmm. So it kind of validates the uh, project that they built, you know, of being able to track airplanes and, you know, listen to those ADF speed signals to figure out where they are. And it's really validated how important that data is to businesses being able to see the airplanes, track them, you know, in the case of the new aviator product that they announced a few weeks ago, right. even general aviation pilots can find value in being able to see where their airplanes are moving, uh, you know, fleet operators. But almost every FBO across the country now relies on FlightAware or some similar ADSB product to track their inbound customers so they can see, you know, when somebody's expecting to come in. And aviators got that ability to, you know, pre pre-populate a flight plan, which can give heads up notice to the FBOs ahead of time for flight can send announcements. And so anything like that makes it a lot easier for the line guys at your destination to be waiting for you instead of you just showing up on the ramp and they're going, uh, yeah, we're busy right now with seven other planes. You're going to have to wait. That's uh, I think it's a good thing. Uh, I, I can only see that the, uh, they're going to take that data and find more ways to use it as well. Right. Well, they were pretty excited about it when they were talking with us a few weeks on the show. And obviously that, uh, what, Collins? Is that who bought them? Collins Aerospace. Yeah, yeah. they they heard the interview and said, hey, we got to get on this. That's my guess. I'm going with it. That's my story. I'm sticking uh, sticking to it. What's, what say you? I think that was exactly what yeah, happened. Yeah, of course. We better get a free T-shirt out of the deal. <laughs> yeah, we will next time we go to Oshkosh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. As long as, eh, well, as well as everyone else. <laughs> anyway, um, that's one thing. And that's good. Uh, I think that's good news for them. This is one of those kind of things where, you know, uh, if you get more infusion of cash in a bigger company like that, that's probably going to be better 
you know, results for the product, I would think, in the long run. Because they well, do and I get think a lot. they'll find more ways to use the data, yeah. too, because Collins, you know, they, they make, you know, ProLine Fusion flight, uh, you know, EFIS displays for big business jets and things like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, if they find a way to integrate, you know, the FlightAware ADSB data into that, maybe it'll improve our traffic uh, avoidance uh, better because we have, you know, and we like data. that idea. Yeah. yeah. So anything, you know, I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right. And we will wait and see. All right. Another story that, uh, you know, I, 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 this kind of, I don't know, it doesn't puzzle me, but it's frustrating because we have to deal with this off and on throughout the years. Uh, and that's uh, extra fees that get tacked on to general aviation. Uh, I love the Bahamas, but they have a tendency to do this periodically someone you know there's a lot of government switchover that happens in the bahamas fairly frequently compared to to what we have in the u.s i I gotta tell you it it really year to year it seems like it changes and then you know new people get in there and they hey here's a way we can offset some costs and things like that and you know i don't know if that's what came into play on this latest move but they've tacked on a uh well a passenger fee for general aviation on the nassau international airport is that right uh they're actually proposing it they, they propo- well yeah at, they proposed yeah. it right a uh, 28 dollar per passenger fee specifically for this particular airport because according to them general aviation passengers unlike commercial passengers pay no direct airport improvement fees to the nasa airport development organization mm-hmm. for use of the airport Right, But they overlook the fact that everybody that flies into the Bahamas is responsible for paying a landing fee, a $50 Bahamas process fee for customs, a $29 per person departure tax, and ramp fees, which get charged at NASA and Freeport. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand how they think that $28 you know, fee, because we don't pay anything, uh, we do. Right. Well, they just compare it to other things like commercial uh, passengers are like, well, hey, they're not uh, being charged. We could charge them too and and get more money. I mean, that's it's always coming coming down to. But, you know, but like isn't it a double budget. dip because we're it we're is, of course paying it is. a ramp fee to park the airplane. Well, there they look at it as uh, if if you're bringing in passengers. I mean, when you look at it from you know someone who's not familiar with how general aviation works, you can understand if they're looking for other ways to generate uh, you know funds. For the airport, like, hey, we could do this. We could do. There's one. They're not being charged. Let's charge them. You know, they got money. They're private airplane owners and and people like that. They they, they got tons of money. They won't they won't miss it. Yeah, that's it's usually the mindset of someone who doesn't know better. Would you agree? I would agree. Yeah, and, and you know the the good thing is we have uh, organizations like AOPA. I would imagine they're looking at this situation and they're going to put in their two cents and hopefully. You know, uh, head uh, head this one off, but we'll have to wait and see how it unfolds. But this happens all the time, where they, you know, somebody comes up with some crazy idea that, hey, this would be great for generating uh, more, you know, stuff to, you know, modify the airport and stuff like that. And they don't they don't take into account all the other benefits that general aviation provides uh, the airport, let alone you know bringing more people to the islands. I mean, right now, I'll, I'll tell you, I know the Bahamas are. Um, they're doing okay in certain, you know, aspects, but obviously the COVID thing has hit them hard because a major part of their business is, is on tourism. So, you know, throwing more fees 
in a situation like this doesn't make a whole lot of sense in the big picture, I would think. But hey, what do I know? I don't live there. And God bless. I love the Bahamas, and I I know they got to make their you know get some money somehow. So I mean, I see both sides, but you know, this is that typical uh, storyline we see it over and over again, where people that are not familiar with the general aviation uh, impact on their local economies and what it can do, what is the end result of this? It's not necessarily that they're going to make a lot more money; they're going to turn away a ton more business. Or it will actually drive that business to other islands. Yeah, that's what I mean. You know, they'll go somewhere else. The, we talked to the folks at Banyan, and uh, you know, they're still in the process of getting the customs clearance on the way out. So you could clear your customs in Fort Lauderdale and fly to any of the other islands and not pay that fee. It's true. How many times have you flown to a different airport just because they had gas that was Ten five cents, cents less? Exactly. <laughs> I was going to go five. Ten. Yeah, you probably. Heard. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. What's rattling back there? Uh, well, I don't, I don't know what this thing is. My controls. Roger that. Is that tow bar come loose? Well, I don't know. Is is this is this the tow bar? Yeah, that's it. Oh, oh, sorry, the bag. Sorry, no, it's all right. I got it. I got it. Uh, peanut brittle. Could this day get any better? Oh, 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 get the tow bar off oh, of No, it's stuck between the seat. I got it. I got it. Oh, 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 stay with us, Gus. Oh my God, those cheekbones. You look like JFK Jr. Oh, he looks like JFK Jr. I don't know what I'm doing. We'll put it on autopilot. Put it on autopilot. There is no autopilot. This is a lawnmower with wings. Well, you fly remote control planes. Do what you do there. I crash them. That's why I buy all the time. Oh, 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 I was wrong. I don't want to die this way. Oh, I'll settle for a nice, boring death at ground level. Well, technically, we will be dying at ground level. Oh, yes. I got it. I got it. I got it. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, we're good. All right, just so you know, I completely kept my cool through that whole thing. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, that is me, Law Captain Dennis, navigating the latest aviation news and information. Okay, so we got to talk about Avgas here in just a bit. But before we do, 
I want to give a little shout out to Zara. Uh, She is trying to circumnavigate the globe as the youngest female pilot to draw attention to, you know, getting more women into aviation or young, young ladies like herself. I guess she'll be the, the youngest at 19. Yeah. The previous record holder was a 30 year old woman. So she is definitely going to make it much harder for the next person to try to beat that. Uh, Well, hats off to her. We wish her the the best. She hopes to finish up in November. Uh, Last I checked, she was uh, down in Columbia and already had run through the U S or something, but uh, it looks like a pretty valiant effort. She's been working with Branson on this. I guess Virgin Atlantic is a big sponsor trying to help that out. Is that what I see? Yeah. yeah. And uh, she's also made some stops here in the U.S. Uh, at the uh, Women in Aviation chapter in Jacksonville, Florida. So she's definitely using this as a, as a great uh, outreach opportunity as there well. There you go. Well, it is all about uh, to draw attention to that fact that we don't have enough women in aviation. We need more. We need more women. We'll just leave it at that, right, Dennis? If we go any farther, we're going to get in trouble. Exactly. (laughs) But no, honestly, we do wish her uh, the best. So, Zara, hang in there, and hopefully in November we'll report uh, that you you did your you you completed your record, and that'd be awesome. So we'll see how that uh, goes. Maybe we'll have to get her on the show as well. Now, uh, Avgas is back in the news. Uh, We have to use it in general aviation, that 100 low lead. They haven't found a good alternative yet. There there are a lot of companies. Well, I don't know. It's kind of whittled down now, right, with the companies trying to develop an alternative. Uh, So, there, yeah, there's two major companies, uh, Swift and Gammy, mm -hmm. uh, that are producing an unleaded aviation uh, product. Several of the big refiners are, you know, trying to work on some stuff uh, to, for an alternative, but there hasn't been any drop-in replacements. And the reason that that's in the news right now is we were just told that Algeria, the country, yeah. has stopped providing leaded gas for their automobiles. So that is, according to the UN, that is the official end of leaded fuel use in cars. That leaves general aviation and our 100-octane leaded avgas as the only motor fuel that is still using lead and so now we have a big target on our back or as as i like to say the musical chairs uh game of uh you know who's got leaded gas well the music stopped playing and we're the last one standing Hmm. so So, algeria was the last country on the planet using the planet that still had leaded gas everyone else had switched to unleaded Hmm. so now there's going to be probably a renewed push on the faa to get lead out of Avgas. And the biggest problem for general aviation, there is only one company that makes that tetraethyl lead additive, and it's a company out of the UK. So if that company was to be pressured, or if they were to find it's just not you know, cost-effective for them to continue producing it, we're suddenly going to be without a 100-octane fuel for our airplanes. Wow. And that could potentially ground a significant portion of the fleet. You know, high compression uh, engines, even my Mooney is required to have 100 octane. It can't fly on 94 or uh, automotive gas, which, you know, some of the older Skyhawks and things like that with less powerful engines can. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would be a big problem. That would be a huge problem. Now, what about these Swift alternatives and, uh, and those things? 
I mean, we're- so just a couple of weeks ago, um, Swift actually got an STC to allow the use of their unleaded 100 octane in certain Lycoming and maybe even a couple of Continental engines. But it's not a true drop-in replacement, and it's not available in very many places right now. So they are going to have to, you know, somehow build up a distribution network to be able to deliver that fuel and get it out there. But the big challenge is to be able to get it into every airplane that's capable. And right now, they've they've tested it and determined that their 100 octane does work perfectly well in specific Lycoming engines. Mm-hmm. So you could do that, but that doesn't address like the entire Cirrus fleet that's running a Continental engine. So you know we still have a hit or miss. Um, and then Swift Fuel has a 94 octane unleaded product that's been out and available for quite a while. But it doesn't meet the requirements of, say, the Mooney engine that has to have a hundred octane minimum. Right. So, for airplanes that can't want to fly unleaded, there's options, and some airports are starting to make that available. Um, the one, the mo- news most recently is the Reed Hillview Airport in Santa Clara County, California. Um, they have just started providing ninety four octane unleaded, and probably will be bringing in the hundred octane as well, uh, because of some studies that were done there that. Uh, supposedly show that there's higher levels of lead in children surrounding the airport. And so they're trying to put the blame on the the slightly elevated uh, lead from the airport Mm. and using that as an excuse to shut down the Reed Hill view airport. Right. Yeah. They'll lose, you know, whether it's true or not, it doesn't matter. Uh, They'll, they'll come after them. So the the study's flawed, you know, they're going to use it and point to it. And, you know, we know how that goes. Right. And who knows what the real uh, answer is. It maybe it could be a factor. We don't know. But, uh, but the problem is you got to get technology to catch up. Now, the biggest problem with that, uh, like saying you're Mooney, you got to have a hundred octane and you're saying it's not a drop in replacement. What is the holdup on the technology side? Because I know Dennis, you, you follow this stuff. You're kind of like a, you know, a rocket fuel nerd because you have to be. Uh, so, so share your genius along those lines with the rest so the of us. So the issue here is that you need to have a fuel that not only can safely deliver, you know, it's 100 octane, so it's got the protection from detonation. It's got to have the ability to, you know, not vaporize if it gets too hot. You don't want to have vapor lock in your fuel lines. There's all sorts of chemical properties in the fuel. It's not just that it needs to be gasoline with this octane rating. Mm-hmm. It has to do all this stuff. It also has to be compatible with the other fuels that are out there. If I go to an airport and fill up with 100 low lead, I go to the next airport and fuel up with unleaded 100. Will they mix perfectly? Will there be any sort of a problem? Will there be any change in properties of that vapor pressure and um, compatibility? It has to be 100% compatible. Hmm. And it has to be able to work in every single engine, whether it be a P51 Mustang or a Rotax-powered RV-12. Right, they but have, have they you, want one fuel? Have you heard of any issues though between those? So you're saying like the Swift fuel, for instance, has been certified in certain engines and not in others. Why? Why are they having a problem with one engine versus the other? What is the factor issue at hand with the Swift product? It's because it's a 94 octane fuel. Okay, and it doesn't have a high enough octane. So if you have an airplane engine, like say a Cessna or a Piper that's got a 150 or 160 horsepower engine that was certified to run on 80 octane avgas, mm-hmm. it'll work just fine with the 80, 84 or 94 octane, you know, it won't matter. Right. That's, that's fine. But for airplanes like mine that require a minimum of a hundred low lead octane rating, 
then I have to have something else. And so it, they can't, the airports don't want to carry and have multiple fuel pumps for all of these different fuels. They want one. It has to be, like you said, a drop-in solution. Uh, Compatible with everything in the fleet. Let's just hope uh, technology catches up before this becomes a major issue. We'll have to leave it at that for now. More coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Any of you boys seen an aircraft carrier around here? This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis. We're your crew navigating the latest aviation news and information. Okay, so uh, in Alaska, uh, the FAA has dedicated some funds to help them improve the airports in, in that part of the, the country or what? or what? Well, you, yes, they have. Um, you know, aviation is a way of life here in America. And, you know, Alaska is probably the epitome of that. There are, you know, entire cities that the only way really in and out is via airplanes. Right. So it's, you know, very crucial that they have that lifeline of being able to get, you know, supplies, people, passengers, et cetera. Uh, well, the FAA has just announced another round of their airport improvement funds, and they've, they're investing $85 million into Alaskan airports. Hmm. And it's not just, you know, Anchorage International. It's, you know... Uh, Bethel, McGrath, Cold Bay, you know, places like that where they're putting money in to make improvements to seaplane bases, to provide snow removal equipment, reinforcing runways, even reconstructing snow removal equipment buildings. Um, so, oh, well, that's it's a thing. Not, it's <laughs> they got to deal with. Yeah. You know, you want the snowblower to start, and I don't want to have to dig it out of a snowbank first. So, I guess you'd probably want it in a building. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty significant, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars at individual airports, uh, up to multi-millions of dollars being put into these airports for snow removal equipment, or, you know, just, it's more than you would think that the FAA would contribute to, you know, you think it would be taxiways and, uh, fencing and things like that, but it, it goes way beyond that. And they consider that critical infrastructure. And if, if you can't access the runway, cause it's snow drift. That runway's no good. So you got to keep the airport open somehow, and that's the exactly. way they do it. So I, I guess that makes sense. Uh, I would imagine that is on your list uh, to get out there and fly your Mooney around uh, Alaska, isn't it? I not not during to. the winter months when snow mer- uh, removal is an, a major issue, but. Yeah. No, I would honestly love to go fly general aviation in Alaska. Yeah, you know, we've sweet. we've watched uh, the aerial Tweedo and her adventures through flying wild Alaska. Uh, I've seen the you know the ice pilots. Granted, that's Canada, but still, uh, just the you know flying in some of these remote areas. I think that would be really fun, really interesting. One of those bucket list things to cross off. Yeah, well, you don't want to be flying uh, in winter anyway. You're not going to do any ice I, flying, are you? I moved. I moved to Florida for a reason. Exactly. Yeah, and I won't go with you if if you want to go at that time of the year. We got well, now. Go. There's a reason. Yeah, well, okay. There's that. You know, but all you'd have to dodge in 
you know, uh, in the summer months of an, uh, Alaska when you're flying around would be what? Grizzly bears? Moose or mosquito. Yeah. Grizzly bear. You know, in Florida, we get the gators uh, speed bumps there on the on the runway. Sometimes you got to uh, be aware of. But uh, up there, I guess you got a few more things. You probably put a little bit more substantial than a speed bump. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think hitting a moose um, might uh, might cause a little bit more damage. Than You're going to lose there. that battle. Uh, yeah. I have no question about it. But Winkle is going to come out on top. All right. So we'll save that, uh, you know, for, for the list uh, and make it happen one of these days. Uh, got some other news from the NBAA, National Business Aviation Association. Big trade show happened in October. Or no, wait, when is it? Is it October? Yeah, it's October in Vegas. And uh, great show. Uh, they have announced they're they're evidently going to have a vaccine mandate for everybody who attends, is what I read this week. Is that what you see, too? I saw that, too. And, of course, you know, anytime you make a mandate on something, you know, health-related, of course, there's going to be, you know, people on both sides. Um, and so there's, there's a little bit of a controversy within the aviation community about whether it's their right to mandate that uh, vaccine to attend the show or not. Right. But, uh, you know, and they're doing what they got to do, uh, whether you agree with it, we could spend hours on, uh, how you feel about that. I don't think that's our place here on just plain radio. So we'll just no, leave that one lie. I'm just glad to see that the show is going to go on. Well, so exactly. They're doing go. the show and I think that's a good sign for, for the industry. And, and despite all this COVID stuff, they put out some numbers for the second quarter of this year that said uh, general aviation, especially business corporate jet sales are uh, approaching to what they were in 2019. Like they're having great, great sales numbers, which is uh, a positive thing. Uh, I I think COVID has shown businesses that, you know, private aviation is viable and it's not just for, you know, exclusive for the rich. It's a business tool that can be leveraged in this in this new uh, era that we've encountered, right? Where people are working remotely, you're wanting to avoid large crowds, being able to get to smaller areas closer. Um, this is all right out of the playbook. For what well, do you aviation. think? Uh, do you think that it's benefiting because of that, or it's just the business is just strong in general? for uh corporate aircraft uh travel and stuff like that what do you think i want i think it's a it's almost 50 50 i mean business is up uh, despite covid and despite certain areas you know having issues and challenges overall we're hearing that you know the economy is doing well so obviously that means businesses are looking to where they can invest and you know grow their businesses but i think they are also realizing that they can be much more flexible by having their own airplanes or fleets of planes or, you know, being able to fly to smaller airports closer to the destinations and not relying on, you know, scheduled airlines and right. big terminals and things like that. So a combination of the two factors is coming together and they're seeing the utility of general aviation. Well, maybe that's true. You know, we spent an entire show pretty much talking about how commercial air traffic uh, travel is is just a crazy tr- challenge right now, uh, depending on who you're trying to fly with uh, canceled flights and, you know, mandates of this and that and, you know, limited flight uh, service, you know. And you uh, can't bring your soda into the airport. <laughs> yeah, just- no booze, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So so it's, it's becoming more of a challenge uh, even before, and it was never really uh, an enjoyable experience. Uh, before and you know I, I think 
you know, general aviation benefits from that. But now that you add COVID onto it, uh, you know, you could fly with your family, fly with a small group of friends. It looks more and more appealing. So maybe you're right. Maybe, uh, you know, general aviation or, or business aircraft sales are benefiting from that uh, a little bit. And hopefully it'll just keep going, though. I say any uptick in that sense, I think, is good for for everyone, any way you look at it. Uh, that's the way that's the way I see it at least you think I think so that's yeah. that's why I fly okay we'll we'll uh, leave it at that that's just our opinion and uh you can take it for what it's worth now uh we get a lot of emails during the week here at just plain radio and you would think that just my opinion and Dennis's opinion is enough uh but but that has uh you know it's amazing how many emails or text or whatever that we get contacts that say, Hey, you should talk to so-and-so you should talk to this person, that person in the aviation industry. One of them we got last week just came out of the blue. Uh, and it was, uh, they say, you need to get this guy on YouTube or something. His name is captain Harve. And I'm like, captain Harve. Okay. I, I hadn't heard of captain Harve, but I sure enough looked it up and I'm like, you know, he had a whole little character shtick going on. I mean, we've met a lot of characters in the aviation industry. Let's be honest, right, Dennis? Well, I would say that some people might consider us them. Well, there could be that. Uh, but, but you know, some of them dress up. Uh, I mean, I, there was that guy who was wearing the captain's hat and the whole thing. And uh, we've had a few of those. But this guy, I don't know, he had a bit of, I, I, I just saw a quick little clip. But he had a whole little... Uh, you know, the, the leather going. flight jacket and the scarf, and, yeah. You know, the Rolex watch and he, he, the, the he, handlebar mustache. The exactly. Whole bit. He, he was really, uh, I don't know, uh, committed to the bit, as we say in the radio world. But uh, but God bless him, and maybe we'll have to get him on. He sounded like he was quite a character. I don't know much about Captain Harv, but if there's any people like that that you think we should get on Just Plain Radio, we're all ears. Uh, send us an email. Uh, Greg at JustPlainRadio.com, Dennis at JustPlainRadio.com, and say, hey, you guys suck. Could you put someone else on? Less work for us, right, Dennis? <laughs> you bet. Okay. So, you know, but but, but in all honesty, we'll, we'll uh, reach out. Uh, you know, we have come across him. quite a few characters over the years. Many of them you've heard on the show, too. So, yeah, we, we reach know. out to them. A lot of them say no. We don't want anything to do with you. And on that disturbing note, we'll wrap it up. Till next time, remember, there's no better high than learning to fly. Just Plain Radio is brought to you by JustPlainRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plain Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlainRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plain Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle.
Listen up, everybody. I have some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plain Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlainRadio.com. 